Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Andy Herbrand, Eric Sari, Lauren L., Rock the Green, Hanson Screen Printing, Daniel and Kara Lighting, Greg Wallen, and Kelby Goodman. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. Eric, cue up that music. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin. History, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We of course are your hosts, I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we have a fun episode in store and we've got a great guest. Uh, After our last two Halloween episodes... Uh, we received some really cool feedback, and we decided to continue some spooky places uh, to, to go and for you to check out and visit. Uh, in Wisconsin fashion, we decided to do an episode on haunted bars and taverns. Where, where else are you going to go when you die here in Wisconsin? I know. It's just amazing. This is probably the best thing. And, hey, when you're uh, when you're a spirit, you don't have to have a, uh, a reservation to get in. You just kind of just be there, you know? Spirits on spears, baby. Spirits on spears, baby. Um, and, uh, so we have quite a few of these to check out. This is going to be a two parter. So, uh, we do have, uh, uh, music today from the Robs, the Robs, old school, old school stuff, like an old fool, dude, they got old school, from, old fool from an old sixties record that I had. And maybe it was on easy rider soundtrack as well. I don't know. And I love the easy rider soundtrack. So, and of course we have another beer review on today's episode and, the infamous how many locos you at and uh hey if you haven't already done so uh be sure to stop by and leave us a review this little uh two three minute kind of uh, ordeal could could really help us out a lot it's you been know? going up we are at the like i think we're at 43 or 44 we're getting Apple, some crazy like, stuff here now spotify yeah. stitcher like it's great we're starting i love to be, seeing it after two and a half years we're starting to become real legit here um <laughs> yeah but not too Question- legit. questionable questionable still uh, hey, but if you uh, also wish to become a sponsor of the show where you can actually use a little bit of your cash to put uh, into this show and, and become a, a paid sponsor, we have our Patreon. You can find out more information on that at our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, you can also find our T Public page uh, where we have our uh, merch. You can uh, rock a logo right on your chest or you can uh, get other logoed apparel uh, that says WDH. And hey, things are tough with inflation. The free things you can do, review, tell yep. a friend. The freest things, the best things you can do. Also, yeah, they're, 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 I mean, there's no uh, equivalent to the amount of, uh, amount of help that those things do for us. So thank you again for doing that. And uh, like I said, we've got an awesome friend on the show today. Yeah. Uh, Badgerland Legends Jeff. Co-hosting um, with us. Right? Co- right co-hosting. And uh, we're going to have him on next week as well. We're really excited to do that. This is a, a topic 
close to uh, both our hearts and Jeff as well. Uh, a few personal stories uh, uh, coming up, so uh, be sure to, to listen in close here. And this one will be a two-parter. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, folks. If you were to die in Wisconsin, where's the place you'd probably end up at there? Uh, you know where we're talking about, the taverns, a couple of bars. <laughs> and we're here today with Jeff talking about some of the local tavern haunts. Um, luckily, Jeff is a historian of the paranormal and the cool stuff around Wisconsin. So we're lucky to have him join us today. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing yeah, really great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm they... uh, always excited about talking about uh, the spirits of Wisconsin, and that includes uh, our rich uh, brewing and distilling history, as well as uh, some of the hauntings associated. Oh, yeah. And boy, would you ever want to die in a bar here in Wisconsin. You got Miller Delight. You got Spotted Gal. Cheese sandwiches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boy, would you Gotta ever. Get some of those cheese curds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the cheese curds. Yeah, that's actually a better, that's gonna, a better dish. Don't, for, don't get, forget about the Tombstone pizzas, guys. Oh, Tombstone. Oh, yeah. Undertaker reference, or, or are we talking <laughs> something else here? Yeah, exactly. Dying, I mean, it was perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to go... Talking about the Tombstone pizzas actually started at the Tombstone Tap up there in uh, Medford. Yep. Um, uh, Pep Simic, uh he started producing them out of his tiny 5x5 five five kitchen and started distributing. So, whenever you pick up a Tombstone pizza at the uh, grocery store, you got a link back to Wisconsin. Hell, Yeah pepperoni baby it's my favorite i do i actually i like the combo the the pepperoni sausage you get the full deal uh, i yeah. go for the supreme supreme's good now are you yeah. are you against yeah. calling it a garbage pizza no i don't call any pizza garbage so <laughs> i guess i take offense to that one yeah my i growing up the supreme pizza my parents always called it the garbage pizza so I, don't, I mean, I, that's just kind of what I know it as, but it is. It's very offensive. The garbage. Yeah. <laughs> the garbage pizza. <laughs> so the first one we're actually talking about today um, is the Old Baraboo Inn in Baraboo. It was originally built as a boarding house in 1864, eventually becoming a honky-tonk and brothel where you can get a couple ladies. Two and one. A two-for-one deal. Uh, be beca it became one of the favorite dive bars for gangsters like Capone as it was on his way to the hideout near... Corduroy, Wisconsin. Yeah. This building was also used as a winery and brewery during the history. It would eventually close in 1998 due to a fire. And you know what? A tavern fire never good, right? No. You don't want to see those old wood walls burning and the taxidermy on fire. I mean, everything in there is, is going to light up hard. <laughs> it was purchased again and renovations began uh, by BC Far in 2002 where he learned of its checkered past. And during the renovation period, he began to witness strange events like lights turning on and off, doors opening and closing on their own, things moving, dishes flying off the shelf, glasses moving, piano playing, and people talking. And we're talking about what kind of piano are we talking? Are we talking Billy Joel, like Piano Man? Yeah, Piano or? Man for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great song too. <laughs> I was actually listening to Billy Joel on the way up here, actually. You would. <laughs> I would. You would. Yeah. And so besides that, there is a female ghost who is named Mary and who has been seen near the bar area dancing by the jukebox, just doing a couple twerks, a couple ghost twerks. Another female spirit who may be a bit more naughty is seen and appeared upstairs as she knocks on doors, paces the hallways, and making a nuisance of herself. One night she got into bit too wild and repeated a man's name, scratching at his door. 
Hey there, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> Want to play some kitty games? Want to play some kitty games? He eventually fled from the building. A ghost also haunts the basement and is known for being a jerk. You're a jerk, dude. Jeez, Louise. You're a big jerk. <laughs> and employees have found themselves locked in the cooler in the basement and lights turning on and off depending on how much he likes you. Now, all this just seems like a normal night at the tavern to me. Yeah, I do that too. Hey, yeah. you want to play some kitty games? I got a Miller Lite. How about you, Jeff? Is that pretty much standard? That's pretty much standard. And, you know, the best thing about Old Bear Moon is probably the history there and that illicit activity. A lot of that's not historically documented, so it's been really hard to dig through. But luckily, my friend Amelia Cotter, she wrote a book about the place. She uh, titled it Where the Party Never Ended which is a fitting title for oh, yeah. in Wisconsin. So in the book, she goes into the history, speculation, and her own personal experiences. And she even unearthed the uh, EVP for the uninitiated, that's electronic voice phenomenon, of a person that sounds like Al Capone, Scarface himself. Oh. And then I also have another friend that uh, has actually spent the night in the upstairs apartment, and she has had her own experiences there, so. Um, you know, Baraboo, it's spooky. Uh, just being there, you know, kind of the old circus town, and to step into the old Baraboo Inn is like uh, stepping back in time to one of those early saloons in Wisconsin. So, I'd recommend anybody go check that out. So, the voice of Capone, oh my God, I just spilled some brewskis. <laughs> uh, if the voice of Al Capone, are we talking like the old school, like Chicago voice, like, ah, she? Or are we talking about like, hey, you was fucking guys? Like, what is, what's the EVP <laughs> yeah, like? Yeah, the EVP. Less <laughs> Sopranos and more, uh, I guess, more old, old timey Capone. I'll have to uh, see if she still has that on file. I know she, um, unveiled that at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference last year in her talk. And I was like, that's intriguing because every single bar in the Northwoods of Wisconsin has a tie to El Capone. Of course. Whether or not it's true, it's speculation, but it's, it's a fun tale still, you know, between that gangster era of Dillinger and Capone coming to the Northwoods. You know, the cool thing about the Northwoods, too, around this time period, most of them were all dirt roads, so, like, the cops wouldn't go up there. You know, like, the actual, like, paved roads only went so far right so it's a great place if you're gonna get away as a gangster well and i mean they were used to it i mean rum runners was a was a big thing they would actually uh you know smuggle booze around so they got really good at driving on, on dirt roads and in really souped up fast you know coops i mean that was where yeah, nascar exactly. started you know exactly yep bootlegging nascar right yep. on brother uh, now speaking of nascar we're going to move right into our next NASCAR town. It has nothing to do with NASCAR. But. I just imagine everybody in Ohio. Um, Which is you know. oh, a great name, the Ohio Tavern yeah. in Wisconsin, right? In Madison. Right. And actually, what's funny is it's right across from the UW Business School where I had to take a class or two, so I would stop in this bar. It's, I just have a feeling that people from Ohio came to Madison and were like, well, we just want to bring a piece of you know Ohio to Wisconsin. You know, and and I imagine that they watch NASCAR on Sundays okay. or whatever day that happens. He's making a laugh. Yeah, it's named Ohio Tavern because it is on Ohio Street. Right oh, there. Ah, that well, makes, that makes ten that makes times more sense. <laughs> I believe Atwood Street. Okay, Jeff's here to help us stay Thank on track you, Jeff. here. <laughs> and and bring you guys in. 
<laughs> and be a- and factually correct here. So Ohio Tavern is actually on Ohio Street, uh, uh, and that's why it's aptly named so. Uh, it was a speakeasy during Prohibition, this 107-year-old tavern located in Madison with its old-school Blatt sign out front. Who doesn't love an old-school Blatt sign? Um, this unassuming bar has had reports of many ghastly events occurring during its history. Um, things like uh, clanking glasses, uh, pool balls rolling when no one is playing, and obviously it's probably not a flat floor, so I'm assuming maybe that has something to do with it. But, um, you know, ghastly shadows and cabinets opening and shutting. Uh, supposedly five unique ghosts actually are around and uh, and have made themselves known. And, uh, and, and you know, who, who doesn't, you know, want a, a cheap brew in the afterlife? I mean, I'm telling you, that's where I'm hanging out when I'm done. Oh, right on. <laughs> I'm going to definitely be a spooky ghost at a high-end tavern. Give me a baby ear. I'm dead. You're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm parched. I'm parched. <laughs> Jeff, what do you got to say on this one? Yeah, so this place, uh, like you guys mentioned, it's got so much history. It's on the edge of the most eclectic neighborhood in Madison, the Willie Street neighborhood. I know Russ actually lived down there yeah. uh, once upon a time. And the, uh, the building, it housed everything from a bank to real estate, insurance office, and a mortgage company. And now it was, when I moved to Madison about 15 years ago, it was kind of that blue-collar tavern for the locals to hang out. Well, uh, recently, new ownership has taken it over, and they've made it into kind of a really trendy um, live music venue. It's got oh. the you know, local band playing almost every night. It's got great uh, quick bite cuisine, including exceptional tacos. So if you're ever at the Ohio Tavern, you got to stop and get the tacos. Um, well, in the 1940s, um, a man committed suicide in the upstairs apartment. And that's um, a, where a lot of the activity takes place. Now, when I first moved to Madison, it was kind of a seedy dive bar. Me and a friend were looking for uh, a place to rent, and we saw that the Ohio Tavern had the apartment upstairs was for rent. Unfortunately, it wasn't big enough for both of us. I think there's only one bedroom apartment, or else it would have been cool to have my own stories. And the uh, a lot of stories in that bar, they have a uh, mischievous ghost they have dubbed Ollie. Now, he's been known to play tricks on both the staff and the patrons. Um, after the remodel, I haven't heard if Ollie's still there, but I imagine, you know, just the bones of the old place, he probably won't stick around unless the hipsters really scared him off. <laughs> yeah, and and if he doesn't like the loud music, you know. Yeah, I think he's he's probably grown accustomed to that just because it was kind of a uh, a loud and raucous place. Yeah, you know the blue collar folk, those rednecks. They like to slam the bar and white socks and blue ribbon yeah. beer. It's like they, they 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 brought in kind of a bandstand, but they took up the pool table. So I guess one for the other is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely go and check out Ollie and his sick tricks, bro. Well, Ollie, bro. Do an Ollie. Kickflip. Yeah, do a kickflip. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so the next one we <laughs> So the next one we got is uh, Breakwater in Monona. 
Known formerly as Bourbon Street Grill, this musky lounge in Four Lakes Yacht Club, the breakwater sits quietly on the Yahara River, a great place for uh, canoeing and kayaking, by the way. The long-running story has centered around a waitress named Marlene. According to legend, Marlene suffered a heart attack during Friday night shift. She loved her job so much that it's said that she still hung around the place and her people. Workers and Patreons have experienced female laughter and an unexplained lapping on their shoulders. Ooh. I think it's a tapping. <laughs> oh. Not a lapping on their shoulders. I was going to say, there might be a little uh, lappy uh, may, going it, on there. There might have been a tapping on their shoulders and a little tappy on their lappy. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. She has also Thanks, been accused Marlene. of tossing pots and pans around the kitchen and even messes with the gear of the live music acts. You know, she likes to shred. Marlene likes to play a little guitar. Yeah. yeah. Does this thing gent? <laughs> yeah. This thing is sick reverb, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the lookout for a casual place to have a fish fry in an old fashioned, along with the good ghost story, see if Marlene is on duty tonight at the breakwater and get, <laughs> and get a little lappy. <laughs> this thing has sweet <laughs> reverb. Yeah. Um, I know. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and, and honestly, out of all of these, that one sounds like it has like the most realistic. Uh, I mean, other than Ohio Tavern, like Jeff was saying, that the, the one uh, guy had, had committed suicide in the upstairs apartment. That makes sense that, you know, that, that maybe that spirit is kind of still there. But Marlene, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a, a really realistic story that she her, her presence can really be felt because I'll bet you for years she was just you know, the, the happiest person in there. You know, I think of um, like the, you know, 80-year-old women who are still waitressing at, you know, supper clubs oh, and yeah. you just can't get them out of there. That's what I envision Marlene is, except it's at a tavern. Jeff, what do you have to say about Breakwater? Yeah, so this place has uh, also recently been remodeled, uh, but one of the highlights of that is the back patio, which overlooks the uh, Yahara River, as we mentioned earlier. So it's just phenomenal to sit on that back balcony or the terrace on top of the restaurant and watch the boat parade go down the uh, Yaha River on a hot summer day with a brew in your hand. Yeah. So, and just like this one, you, you don't know if Marlene still hangs around or if, you know, the hipsters that redeveloped it chased her off. But yeah. we hope she's still there. We hope she's still having a great time with what they did with the place. Marlene might be wearing a beanie in the afterlife now. We don't know. And oversized glasses. She might be. A flannel. Yeah, possibly some, like, what are those? Nose piercing. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, My name's Marlene. This thing's got sick reverb, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So dumb. Want to go on the Yara? Let's do some lapping, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that might have been the highlight of the episode, Jeff. The lapping on the shoulders. Oh, God. (laughs) The lapping on the shoulders. (laughs) So the next one we got the big brass man's bar, Eric. If you want to read this one, this should be, this should have been a UF like a UFC wrestler, brass man. Yeah, yeah, the mighty mighty brass man, uh, mighty mighty brass stones. Um, so this was once a busy stagecoach stop in a hotel on the route between Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, the building that houses brass man's bar in Franksville has a long history of hospitality. And with that history comes, of course, ghost stories. In fact, some of the oldest stories date back a uh, hundred years or more. I mean, it's it's uh, clearly it's got its history. So many guests have re- reported a little girl dressed in uh, red, along with a lady in white. Just like the lady in the white dress. Since oh, it's failing doing it. Lady in white. <laughs> nice. She's You're dancing. classic. You're classic. Um, 
But uh, even the former matriarch of the establishment is said to make an appearance. Uh, Helen Brossman was born in the back room of her family's establishment. Uh, The bar had been part of her life for over 80 years. Uh, She passed away in 2010 and is said to have joined the pantheon of ghosts that inhabit the four walls. So uh, other activity reported over the years uh, include doors opening under their own power. Uh, Check. Sounds of people walking around above the bar. Check. Spinning bar stools. Check. Uh, and TVs inexplicably powering on. Ooh. <laughs> um, with its history on the early Plank Road, uh, Brossman's is one of the oldest operating pubs in the state. This is amazing. Jeff, what can you tell us about the Brossman? <laughs> you know, I've never been to Brossman, but just thinking of the imagery of Helen being born in the back room of the establishment, uh, running the place for 80 years. She really had, you know, a spiritual connection to that place. There'd be no uh, surprise to me if she still hung around her old, oh, yeah. old bar and some of the old patrons. Hold on, yeah. Ethel. I got to go back to the bar and get a beer before the baby comes. That's <laughs> that <would> be... <laughs> I just imagine that Helen's mom, like, gave birth and then went right back to serving beers. And, uh, you know, probably the umbilical cord still attached. She's oh, just, yeah. like, serving beers, baby in hand. Yeah. Thunk. Just comes out and like, whoops, gotcha. <laughs> she landed into a pint class. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Bapti- that's a baby baptized in brewskis, <laughs> <laughs> baptized in blats. So, this next one we got on the list probably one of my favorite places to go in Madison. Uh, when you're looking for dinner and some good, you know, local it's brew, it's amazing. We have we have a, a, a great Dane pint glass upstairs, or maybe two of them. We're talking about the great Dane and not Scooby Doo here. <laughs> That's a, that was stupid. Can we go back to lapping on shoulders? Yeah, lap. Let's lap dance back. <laughs> let's let's lap it back into the. <laughs> the Great Dane is an institution in downtown Madison, located only a block off Capitol Square. It's hard to beat for the combination of food and micro brewed beer. <laughs> micro brewed beer <laughs> and the atmosphere. One one might go to the Great Dane expecting a good time and a delicious food, but end up with a completely different experience. It's long held stories of hauntings and paranormal activity. Those may be due to his history as an inn. In the eighteen fifties, the building was operated as an inn by the Fest family and not Fester from like Adam's family. Yeah. Fester bro. Uncle Fester bro. <laughs> In eighteen eighty three, a Victorian style addition was added. The basement even operated as a stable for up to six 60 horses. Perhaps some of the guests at the inn never checked out. Some past employees are convinced. Apparently, some have given a certain room downstairs a nickname, the Spooky Room, which is a great name. A the little old, generic, but. The old you know, Spooky Room. <laughs> the old Spook Room. And they even refuse to enter it. And due to its haunted history, uh, Mike Huberty of American Ghost Walks, actually, yeah. if you're going to get on that, you better sign up real quick because he's selling out quick. I've, I've been watching his Facebook. I'm not going to be able to get in this year, unfortunately, but I really want to. Yeah, I'm never on the list. He uh, doesn't he allow do- me. And he does feature the Great Dane on his tour. Yeah. And it was one of the first ones uh, he researched and featured when opening uh, the Madison tour. And uh, yeah. Jeff, can you give us a little bit more background on this? Yeah, so one of my favorite features of this place is actually on the outside of the building. So in October of 2020, they tore down the parking structure right next to the Great Dane. And after they ripped that down, they revealed a ghost sign. And it was kind of the old faded sign um, done in, I'm not sure what they used, an, an oil paint or something from back in the day. And it says Fest Hotel. So next time you're in downtown Madison, you'll drive by or better yet stop in and see that awesome ghost sign. And it's kind of a throwback to the old Fest Hotel. Um, 
you know, the signs being released after almost 63 years in captivity, it was a fitting tribute uh, to the many tales that are held in that place. Because um, when most people walk into the barn, you know, they see like the exposed brick or, um, you know, some of the old woodwork. Yeah. Uh, they really don't think about what was this place before? And to see that sign on the back and say, oh, there was something more than just a microbrew. And it's great for that. It's great for local brewers or great food, good service, a fun time. But um, kind of reflect back on that history is really cool. Yeah, that's actually a really cool point that you made about uh, the the building's past. You know, the seeing really old pictures of, uh, like, you know, downtown Milwaukee streets, like, from back in, like, the early 1900s, 1910s, 1920s, uh, and then envisioning what those places were before, like a, a cobbler or like a, you know, like a leather shop or a blacksmithing shop or something. And then now it's just, uh, of course, a tavern. Uh, it's just we have hard. For 30 me, of them. It's like hard to believe that there were stables and horses right <clears throat> by Capitol Square there. It's it is. just unreal. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's probably their main method of transportation. Oh, yeah, right. You know, they'd, they'd come right up to the Capitol building, you know, when it was first built, probably. Yeah, and when the accounts that I read, it held up to 60 horses in that stable, so that was no small operation. Nah, that's that's crazy. That si- can you imagine 60 horses? I mean, they yeah, weigh like it. like 800 pounds each. That's right. Gnarly to think that there was, you know, that's that's a crazy amount of horses. Now, uh, this next one, uh, I, I think Russ and I, we definitely have some history with this place. Jeff, have you ever visited this one? I've been there, yeah. Okay. okay. What was what was your what was your favorite band you saw there? Or your first concert you went to there, Eric? Do you remember? Uh, it was actually it was Disturbed. 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 Oh, okay. Sturge. And they, and they brought down the freaking house. It was uh, amazing. And um, we're of course talking about the rave or the Eagles Ballroom. Yep. In Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, I'd say one of my favorite shows that I ever saw there. Probably one of the many times I saw. Uh, taking back Sunday or Motion City soundtrack there, I would I would have to go with my my first show there was I think I was probably twelve or thirteen. I saw Orgy. Do you remember them? Yeah, from yeah. like like the new metal er, new... early early two thousands. This yeah. was like ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, they were that they were like, bad. Yeah, that was <laughs> a shit band. Actually, yeah. you know, I know a lot of like the new metal bands. Probably still one of my favorites. I have to say. Yeah, uh, Limp Bizkit. Yeah, that kind of and that post industrial electronic fusion that music like it wasn't like that bad right like there was a few things that came out of that new metal like new wave metal that i still listen to once in a while every once in a while uh, but i mean yeah there was also like a once that hit it was like a freaking just flood of terrible music But that's like disco too disco was huge for like you know just a small part of that decade and uh and 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 then everybody burned their disco records and stuff and i feel like everybody did the same with new metal they burned their big baggy jeans and their chains jinkos chains and yeah <laughs> so of course like jeff mentioned we're talking about rave eagles ballroom that's you know downtown milwaukee and uh over by marquette campus area um and and when the fraternal order of eagles Let's... originally occupied that club uh it was well appointed with a bowling alley boxing ring gym pool hall uh, swimming pool lounges and most importantly a beautiful ballroom probably a bathhouse can, can we first talk about the fraternal order of the eagles that has to be like to be in that you have to have an irox z camaro sick mullet motley crew shirt sleeves <laughs> ripped off before 1980 okay all right <laughs> um it's just the sickest i, I kind of want to reproduce a kind of like a band t-shirt that says fraternal order of the eagles i, I, I wonder 
I mean, has anybody ever done a band name with that, or or is it like a tribute band to the Eagles? Yeah, <laughs> Fraternal Order. <laughs> um, one original. I'm reminded of the Eagles of Death Metal. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I just I just see screeching eagles. Yeah. Oh. Six Iraq because he's just they cranking come, out like they come out on stage like flying <laughs> oh, with, yeah. with shitty wings taped to their hands and shit. Like that'd be so sick. <laughs> oh, we are God. the eagles. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean this place is just really cool. When you when you get a chance to go, uh, obviously the whole place. If you ever get there before they turn off all the lights. Uh, super ornate uh, uh, woodwork and and really cool looking stuff. And um, today the activity of the living uh, revolves around uh, the multiple stages and bars throughout the concert venue. So they have, I think, three different areas where mm -hmm. they uh, actually host shows. Um, but the otherworldly activity is centered around the infamous vacant pool, which I believe was actually on like the upper level. Which is weird for yeah, a pool. Yeah, which is weird for a pool, but it was... Uh, I think, I mean, the building is just so cool. Um, and uh, uh, as the story goes, a young girl had drowned there and now haunts the pool area. So that's pretty typical of uh, any pool. You think of a kid or, you know, some unfortunate accident. And now that spirit is, is hanging around and warning people not to swim after they eat, you know. Um, <laughs> although there is no record of this girl uh, or the drowning, one does exist uh, of a 15-year-old boy named Francis uh, Wren. Uh, the boy uh, had actually met an untimely death uh, by drowning. So similar story. It's just it's not a girl. It's a boy. Uh, not super young either. 15 years old. That guy should be able to swim. Um, some say foul play may have been to blame. I should have read that because now my statement previously doesn't make sense. He should have been able to swim, but pretty hard to swim. Your head's held underwater. Um, could his spirit be the one trying to reach out to visitors uh, of the pool area? Probably. I mean, it sounds right. Um and then another tie to music infamy is that it was the first date of the Winter Party Tour, uh, the same tour that claimed Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, Richie Valens. Uh, that was 1959. Uh, a ticket to see the three-act show was a whopping $1.50. Not bad. Uh, later on in that tour, uh, I think only a few days later probably, they were playing in Iowa. And um, and after that show, they you know died in a plane accident. You know, another, another weird legend I've heard with the Rave <coughs> Eagles Ballroom, and I don't know if it's true, obviously, like, Rivers Phoenix Ghost has been spotted in multiple locations, but I've also heard River Phoenix has been spotted at the Rave Eagles Ballroom. I mean, that's just a hipster, I think, really? probably. Yeah, I've heard that. And obviously, <laughs> there's a place in um, L.A., I believe, and I can't remember the name, like the Serpentine Lounge or something well, he, like that. Yeah, I mean, where there, he was, there was one night when he was at like the Serpentine Lounge or whatever it was and and was uh, super doped up on, on you know, drugs and, and drinking. And um, I think that might have even been like the night that he that he died. And I know he did sign the pool. I know his name is in the pool. I don't know if it still is. At the Rave? Yeah. Nice. So, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Rave Eagles Ballroom? Yeah, I've never heard that River Phoenix uh, story, but that's uh, interesting, something to look into. Um, the thing I like the most about the Rave Eagles Ballroom is it's really transformed into a world-class music venue where most big artists, they're selling out the Cold Center or the Pfizer or... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw James Taylor at the Bradley Center about five years ago before yeah. that place down. Uh, to go and see a large band at such an intimate concert with general admission, um, you know, standing room only, is just a really cool experience rather than, you know, the stadium chairs or, you know, the benches at Lambeau. Actually seeing a big act in such an intimate setting, standing room is so cool. 
Yeah. And as far as the ghostly activity, the Raven used to offer ghost tours. I think they just continued them around COVID. Yeah. So I haven't really seen anything pop up, but hopefully, you know, if we have enough popular demand, we'll bring it back. They did uh, one. They did. Too. Yeah. Yeah. They did one more. Um, during COVID, uh, kind of when it was starting to start to feel like it was kind of in its recession and they, uh, they were trying to just get money because, you know, at at that time, every business was just sort of shut down and, uh, not operating as usual. So, um, you know, the big thing was the rave couldn't hold concerts. So they actually started selling off a bunch of their old tour posters in, um, in batches and some of them were signed and stuff uh like old guitars that were left behind by acts and signed and stuff they started to get rid of that and then they started to do really limited uh ghost tours as well so um who knows if they'll bring that back but i think that would be really cool because otherwise you don't really get a chance to get up into that pool area or see some of the behind the scenes stuff and uh um and then i also like you said jeff the the more intimate settings i actually saw uh bob dylan at the rave uh Wow. Right around the time of COVID, um, not a not a good show by any means. Bob Dylan's not really a, a great performer, in, in my opinion, right now. Uh, he 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 has completely changed compositions of some of his older songs, and then some of his newer stuff. I'm just not into. So um, cool to see Bob Dylan. It was one of those things that was on my bucket list. I just had to do it. Um, but compared to the year previous, when I had seen Neil Young down at the Riverside. Uh, this just didn't compare. I mean, yeah. I mean, Neil Young was so good, and and it was it was a solo act for for Neil, and uh, and everything was just so amazing. And Bob Dylan was just sort of, uh, you know. But I that's see, you know the two venues too. I think most of the stuff I see at the rave, I kind of feel like eh, that's pretty blah. I saw Jacob Dylan in the Wallflowers there. I like I do like uh, the Wallflowers though. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. Uh, I think we have a part two coming up, too, Oh yeah, next Be- week. Make so. sure you tune in next week. Uh, we have Badgerland Legends Jeff talking about some more local yeah. hunts, some taverns and bears. You promised to join us again, Jeff? Yeah. Had a great time, guys. Look forward to talking to some more spooky taverns and uh, music venues. All right. Thanks. All right. Again, thank you to Badgerland Legends Jeff what a for great episode. co-hosting with us uh, on part one here of the Wisco Tavern Haunts. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into our music segment. Uh, we've got a, a song that I've, I've grown a lot more fond with uh, in the last probably year. Uh, my band, uh, the band that I'm in, I should say, it's not mine, but uh, Sons of Leroy, uh, I have joined uh, with you know one of my best friends, Adam Wesner, his dad, Scott Wesner, and our bass player, Doug. Um, I don't know his last name, so I'm just going to call him Doug. And um, we cover a lot of the music from the Easy Rider soundtrack. We kind cover, of the Americana music. Exactly, you know, yeah. Exactly. And then we step out a little bit and we, we do a little bit of Neil Young. He's not American. He's Canadian, but he's a Canadian-American. And um, we cover a lot of really cool stuff. And one of the songs that I wasn't uh, aware of uh, before was I Wasn't Born to Follow. And uh, there's a version of that that's on the Easy Rider soundtrack that's actually done uh, by, I think, The Birds. And then uh, there's this version, which was earlier, I believe. 
And uh, uh, Russ, tell us a little bit more. This is the Robs? Yeah, the Robs. Actually, they're from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, originally. Awesome area. And you know what? I originally heard them. It was on a 1960s uh, vinyl that my parents had that featured bands like Jefferson Airplane, kind of that late 60s kind of era of love music. Steppenwolf was on there. One of my parents' records had that, and I think I gave that to you a long time ago, too. You may have. And, you know, one of the great things is besides that, there was like grassroots on there. Yeah. And no matter where you, you go, no matter what you are. Yeah. yeah. But it was on that, and I like, I love this song. And I just recently found out that the Robs are from Oconomowoc, which is pretty crazy over kind of by Heartland area. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of that. Right down 94. Yeah, and I, f- I discovered this song, and I, not only did I discover this, but somebody told me it was on the Easy Rider soundtrack. I have not confirmed or denied that. It is, yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. But this song is I Wasn't Born to Follow. They have many other songs you have to check out, kind of a throwback to Wisconsin music. But this one, I really like the song. They had multiple songs. I think A River Runs Through is kind of their main hit. A River that, Runs like, Through. That made them big. was yeah. like the one that like really launched them. I really like this song. I like this song a little bit better, to be honest. Yeah, and we, we cover a version of it I'll, I'll hope to uh at one of our next shows i think we're playing at the outpost uh pretty soon uh on lake koshkanong which is right in that area uh, and then i think we're also playing at pete's place uh, over in um i think they consider it fort atkinson but i'm not really sure if it is um but anyway we cover this song uh in a more psychedelic fashion um very cool stuff and, I, and i'm and i'm so so thrilled to be featuring this because it is such a uh, a tie-in to my personal life and the music that we play in in Sons of Leroy and then also just a cool tie back to uh, the state of Wisconsin so uh, let's go ahead and jump right in this is the, the Robs I wasn't born to follow
All right. That was amazing. I love the throwback Wisconsin yeah. music we've been playing lately. Um, and Eric, can you confirm? Do you think that's a 12 string? It kind of sounds oh, that yeah. way. You think it's a 12er? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, in that era, um, a lot of bands, like I said, the Birds, Crosby, um, you know, the those bands loved using 12 string. And then bands like uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, they kind of carried that tradition on because they learned from those those guys and those cats. Uh, and uh, th- that 12 string sound is just a part of that whole thing. And you think that was a Rickenbacker? I mean, it has to be. You think it's a Rick, Rick, twel- a Rick, Rick 12? 12s were, were always a, a, I mean, the go-to. Um, if it wasn't, then I would say it was maybe a Martin 12, like acoustic. Um, but more than likely, you know, those Ricks that were semi-hollow, um, uh, those are those are so widely used in the 60s and 70s. It's, it's insane. Anytime you hear that real jangly. That little chime, yeah, extra that, chime, yep. and you get those chords going. Yeah, because you get those extra notes, those in-betweeners that, uh, that exist between the six strings, you know. So, um, But, yeah, that was the Robs. Wasn't born to follow. Check those Amazing guys out. Song. It's just so cool from Oconomowoc, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, in just such a legendary, like, kind of late 60s, that summer love type music, you know. Exactly. And I remember hearing this song, and I recently found out that the Robs are from Wisconsin. So I was yeah. like, we got to feature a song by the Robs, right? I mean, to. like, you have to to make this the true Wisco podcast. Yeah. We weren't even legit until we featured that, so yeah. here we are, episode one twenty five. We finally made it. Baby. <laughs> finally made it. Yeah. Uh, so now we've got our beer review, and uh, this is a little off the beaten path because it's not a beer per se, uh, but it is a uh, a seltzer, which these are gaining a lot of popularity within the last maybe three years, four years. And, Especially um, around COVID, you remember no laws while drinking the claws yeah. kind of thing. There and was and like, there was like a shortage. Yeah, everybody wanted the the seltzer. Game, and there was like so. the you were either a Trulies or kind of a White Claw fan, but you wanted a white in Wisconsin fashion. One of our favorite breweries produced a seltzer. Yeah, we're talking about Carbon Four here, which there may or may not be, um, you know, some more Carbon Four seltzers coming up on a, on another episode. Uh, apparently, they make a few different ones, but this one in particular, boys, amazing. Um, not only is it great, uh, great flavor, uh, and, and the different flavors, Russ, well, we've got what purple stuff. We got um, citrus bliss, tangerine citrus bliss, dream, tangerine dream, bonsai berry, bonsai berry. They got a couple of cool flavors that are, uh, spanning all the different, uh, fruits and, and, uh, different things. And, uh, what's particular about these ones? This is the, it's called the Chuhi. Yeah. The Chuhi and, uh, the K4 Chuhi carbon four. Uh, this is a higher alcohol seltzer. This one here is knocking in at about a 9% alcohol by volume. This one might be on the curb later, Eric. I might be passed out in the old wilderness preserve behind the house. You can fall asleep right in the uh, nature preserve in my backyard, bud. Just hang out with um, a couple grains. I'll give you a couple couch pillows to go down there. I mean, All right, sounds want. good. Um, there's an area right behind my retaining wall if you want that's pretty private. Nobody's going to know you. Uh, or you can just fall asleep in the old 99 Escort. That's always oh, a nice, nice. old jaunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, a really high, high alcohol seltzer. And I had never 
I had never tasted any of these before. Um, it, it's really you had good. told me about one uh, previously that was like an eight or nine, and you were like, I didn't realize that I bought a seltzer that was like eight or nine percent, and you said you had like two or three of them. You were like, holy shit, I can't even measure nothing. You know what the the good thing is, like if if you do have that like gluten allergy, or maybe you get a little bit of a stomach cramping or that bloating from the beer. I'm allergic to beer now. Yeah, know? which which is crazy. I mean, we still drink beer on this. We show, do, but, but it's, it's usually I, like I only one do, sample, right? Yeah, but the but the good thing is like this one doesn't contain any gluten it's literally carbonated water with a flavoring and you got like your alcohol powder that's usually added to zero these. grams of sugar so even diabetics uh even better for them it's uh something that's not going to wreck you uh in terms of you know your 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 daily sugar intake and it's only three grams of carbs per can so uh again if you're on kind of a, a lower carb die uh you can do that like this is not going to totally fuck you and then they also confirm it's 100 awesome on the can it, it is 100 awesome like the flavors are, are really good you know like confirmed the lettering has it's you know what it's it's in like gold lettering and it says k4 chew he i think it's how you say it chew he or chew high we're not it's really like, sure chew high maybe but it has like it's kind of in that like chinese lettering not like chinese lettering, like but sneeze. like but kind of like you know like that marvel chinese movie that came out like the guy's like a superhero Shung, uh ching I don't know, Chang Li or something. Shui. Shang Shui or something. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, bro. Yeah, but this one kind of has like that lettering, like that Marvel lettering on it. Each one of the cans kind of feature like um, whatever fruit they're offering. Like the Tangerine Dream has like tangerines, kind of like your malt, because you can have like, that little like sweet malty flavor to it. So earlier when we were talking to Jeff uh, during the during the actual main segment of this podcast, we were enjoying the Tangerine Dream we were, uh, throughout that whole process. Great. It tastes like a fucking creamsicle. It's like a yeah, it's a cream like kind of like a shake almost. It's like great. a dreamsicle or whatever they call those words. Like I thought it was a creamsicle. Yeah. It's a creamsicle a dreamsicle. And then in the middle it's got the white uh, Yeah, the, the white cream, ice cream. Yeah. It's kind of what it reminded me of. It's very good. Yeah, they're just tasty uh, tasty beverage and uh right now I've got the uh, bonsai berry in my hand. Russ, you've I, got the grape thing. Sturge, you know I'm a grape drink kind of guy. Like, this yeah. one's perfect for those grape drink lovers. I love you know? Kool-Aid. Me? Uh, oh, dude, I, I do, I mean, too. that was the drink of my childhood. And uh, this is just like the alcohol uh, version of it. It's a little bit... It's got that little nice carbonation. It's going to make you belch. Uh, you don't want to drink these babies too fast because you'll get a tummy ache. And you don't want to upset your belly. Uh, but the, the nice thing is they're... Um, I mean, the 9%... This thing is is it, it, it could kick you off your rocker pretty quick. So and you, and you got like a four flavor sample pack, right, Eric? Mm-hmm. This, and where did you end up finding the four flavored sample pack at? So if our listeners want to go and check this one out, where you got this? Pack? So um, as you know, we relocated from Muskego to Waukesha proper, and uh, in Waukesha we have a discount liquor. Uh, so I've been hitting up the discount liquor for pretty much all of my new stuff uh, that we've got in our beer fridge down here in the studio. And uh, so Discount Liquor has just a plethora of stuff. Uh, I would say that it's it's right up there with um, the, the Total Wine uh, as far as their selection. Uh, so this all this stuff that we've that we've got here uh, coming up for the next couple of shows is all Discount Liquor. You want to know what like Discount Liquor needs to have like a, a really sweet slogan though, like keep it on the DL, keep it on the oh, Discount shit. Liquor, dude. You got to tell them about this. Like I'm yeah. a good marketer, dude. Like, that is good. Keep it on the DL, the discount liquor. Keep it DL, baby. Yeah, that's what you need to tell them. And like, I think discount liquor. Keep it DL. DL, DL, DL. 
Oh, yeah. yeah the goose goes on. That like, some sweet reverb. I know, right? <laughs> sweet reverb, bro. <laughs> nice echo, dude. <laughs> it was like the dumbest joke yeah, ever. I well, loved it, but you know. it's great. I mean, like, that's the whole thing about the podcast. We're not we're not the brightest cats in the in the shed. Well, we're not trying to be. Not on this show. I yeah, think we're for both, sure. We're both in, incredibly intelligent individuals, but, but this is our, our chance to escape that. And just joke around with <clears> dummies. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're both... Uh, we're both educated, but also at the same time, we, we like to uh, get on here and be a little oddball and goofballish, you know. So this this drink is absolutely amazing. Uh, all flavors are great. Uh, so far, we've had uh, every single one of them, and we're about to test more. Uh, trust me. So which one was your favorite? I'm I'm down with purple stuff, dude. You know me. I'm a grape oh, drink kind of guy. What are you thinking? Citrus bliss, man. That's the way to go. I'm a, I'm a citrus guy. Um you know, I'm not the I'm not the guy that orders a, a lemon or a lime in my water, but uh, you know, I I, I love um, citrusy flavored dishes. You know, like a a nice uh, uh, lime shrimp. Oh yeah, yeah. The like, blackened lime shrimp is great. I really love Korean food for that reason. I love they add like a little citrus to it, like a little like a little um, tang yeah. to the dish. I tell the amazing. misses all the time. I love. The like the Japanese or, or Thai noodles with when they have the the little lime in there or Korean dishes when they do like the uh, the citrus beef kind of oh, thing it's so good man. Thank you. Um, so this is these are definitely they're up there. The, I mean percentage wise nine percent is 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 that's a little recce. It's gonna it's gonna definitely be a little on the sketch side, but at the same time you know you know just be responsible with it and, and then you ain't got a problem. If you're not going to leave your house and you're just in the garage working on the car, like these are great because they're like, they're not super dehydrating, you know, make sure to drink some water, just throwing it out there. Yeah. yeah but yeah, know. definitely go and check these out. Again, the, the, the carbon four chew heat or chew high series. We don't chew know how high, to pronounce chew it. Chew whatever. 9% alcohol, 200 calories per can. Um, just a great drink. I mean, it's kind of weird for us because we normally feature beer on here. So we're trying them. And guess what? You know what? In in true carbon four fashion here, be fresh, drink K four. Can you think of a great slogan for these? So like, there's no laws while drinking claws. There's no duties while drinking chewies. I don't know. We're throwing well, it out is there. Is it high or he? We don't know. Chew high. Don't be doing guys on chew high. Yeah, exactly. Jeez yeah, yeah. Louise. All right. <laughs> well, we're wrapping that up. Thick, Catch you're, not get, you're not gonna get thick thighs drinking chew highs. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's our time for the uh, How Many Locos segment, and I'm kind of keeping it calm today because this one's kind of messed up. What do you want to tell us about today, Eric? Well, you know, I see a, a picture uh, of this accident that... Uh, Luckily, there were no deaths. Yeah, it which didn't, is why didn't we don't cause anything. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. But uh, a fourteen-year-old. Let me remind you here: a fourteen-year-old. Let me repeat: did it, you fourteen-year-old. Did you ever joyride when you were fourteen? No. Okay. No. I, um, I mean, I, I had driven when I was fourteen, but I think that was kind of like a, you know, fluke shit. It was just kind of like for fun. But jump I, out the window, head to your girlfriend's house. No, I didn't do you that. You didn't do that stuff. Okay. No. Um. But a 14-year-old was ticketed for OWI after crash that sent five people to the hospital. Again, no deaths. Uh, everybody was was uh, fine. These were minor injuries here. Uh, but Madison's, uh, uh, Madison police say that a 14-year-old has been ticketed for driving under the influence after a two-vehicle crash that sent multiple people to the hospital. 
This was uh, Monday night. This is emergency crews were dispatched to the area of the 300 block of North 6th Street near the intersection of East Johnson Street uh, at about 9.42 p.m. That might be E. Johnson Street. I'm not sure if it's E. It's East Johnson. You're right. East Johnson. Because, okay. yeah, there's West and East Johnson. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't yep. know if it was maybe Earl Johnson or something. Um, EJ, baby. EJ, baby. Um, so this is a, a you know a, a crash that they're responding to. Um I, going into it, they didn't know they were going to find a 14-year-old here, but one vehicle was carrying four people and was found up against a retaining wall in the front yard of a home in the neighborhood. Uh, the second vehicle involved was a small SUV that was found nearby and was only carrying the driver. Okay. So they so ran into assume, the person that just had the driver involved, but these yeah. are kids. Okay. So two of the people in the first vehicle were able to get themselves out of the car, but two others were uh, stuck inside, just kind of pinned. Maybe the doors were closed. Uh, fire crews had to uh, extricate these people from the back seat. Get the jaws of life out. Get it out. Uh, two people were taken to SSM Health, uh, St. Mary's Hospital. One person was taken to the University Hospital, hospital rather, and uh, two teenagers were taken to American Family Children's Hospital. So there was a hospital. lot of kids in this car. There was yeah. a lot of teenagers in this car. And, okay. and, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, they, they uh, with a crash, you know, it doesn't take much for a door to get stuck or or seats to get, you know, too close to each other to, to be able to get out. So, um, but uh, in an update Tuesday afternoon, so this is the next uh, so afternoon. This here. is getting kind of weird here. Yeah. Like this is where it kind of takes a turn. So let's yeah. discuss what we got here. So that next morning uh, or next afternoon, rather, the Madison police said a 14 year old was behind the wheel of the vehicle, carrying four people total in the vehicle with a 16 year old in the front passenger seat. Uh, two adult women, 27 and 38, were in the back seat. Now, that is gnarly. That's where it gets weird, right? Yeah. So these, like, young dudes are pulling around some, like, I mean, they're, older chicks. Dude, dude, they're chads, bro. They are chads. They're getting chicks. They're rad chads, bro. Dude, rad chads <laughs> getting chicks, dogs. Oh, yeah, dude. Guitar's got sweet reverb. Hey, Mike, I'm do taking a 38-year-old, dude. dude. I like matures, bro. I like matures, man. <laughs> Sounds like they were down at uh, the, the, the old uh, club, you know. So t- two teenagers hauling around a couple of old women. Uh, authorities say the vehicle was full of open intoxicants at the time of the crash. That's never a good sign. A lot of road sodas. A couple of roadies, baby. <laughs> authorities say the women in the back seat of the car live in the same apartment complex as the teens. Uh, the teens were released from police custody back to their mothers, and that's Oof. never going to go well. They're probably going to get their asses kicked. Uh, there might of belts. be a belt or two. Yeah, there's going to be a whipping. Um, <laughs> you go outside, and you pick up your own switch, and I'm going to beat your ass with it. <laughs> <laughs> the driver of the other vehicle involved in the crash was a 21-year-old woman, uh, and the police said the, the vehicle driven by the 14-year-old uh, drove through a stop sign at the intersection and T-boned uh, the 21-year-old woman. The Madison Fire Department says it believes the car was speeding at the time so of the crash, So not too. good. We got we got like a 14 and 6-year-old with some older ladies, some cougs, some cougs. A little John cougs. Coug- and we're not talking about John Cougar Mellencamp here. We're talking about two older ladies. Little ditty about John Diane. Little pink houses <laughs> for you, man. <laughs> it was Jack and Diane. For you, not John. Not John and Diane. That's a different song. That's that Russ and I still have to write that one. Um, <laughs> JD, yeah. John and Diane, baby. This is after Diane left Jake, Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack. Jack. My name is Jack Pierre. But uh, hey, you know, uh, it's normal. This is the third or fourth time it's been hit, they said. 
Each house in this corner, except for the yellow one, has been hit, so it's mainly a monthly thing. So this is like that's this... a report from uh, one of the uh, one of the individuals at the scene there that uh, this area is apparently notably Sketch. a sketchy area, especially for maybe the intersection. Maybe is a just little, not maybe well... a young kid joyrides going on here. And uh, so first off, we have a sixteen year old that may have his license, and he could have drove. We well, have we a have a twenty one and a thirty eight year old woman that could have drove, but instead right. of like, hey, you want to know what? This kid's fourteen. He can do it. He can take us home. Well, if I'm being honest, if I'm a sketchy person, I would probably also be like, I'm thirty eight. I really can't afford an OWI. I'm gonna have the teen drive. <laughs> if I'm sketchy, I'm not saying I would do that now. Not me, right, right. Eric if- Sturgeon, right now. I'm saying. If I'm a sketchy shithead that lives in an apartment complex. You're talking complex, about Blarick Furgeon, the sketch yeah, exactly. guy that yeah, sells exactly. cars at the local dealership. Chaz Durgin would <laughs> fucking do this shit. Chaz Durgin. Yeah. So I'm just saying this is kind of a normal incident for, uh, you know, sketchy fucking people. Sketchy people do sketchy shit. And this is no different. This is not off the spectrum for sketchy fucking people this is and this is the first underage owi i think we featured though 14 years old this is the youngest owi this is the f- this is a youngest, youngest local say. youngest, youngest local. Say. um underage i don't know because we've probably done like an 18 or 19 or 20 year old um those are technically underage but we got a 14 year old which is like even worse here well this is worse yeah obviously this is probably the worst we featured so in terms of age wise but 14 60 year old picked up a couple of hot kooks 27 38 at their own apartment complex so that means they're like out on the picnic table enjoying a couple of fucking four lokes babe and then uh you think two, this, these are loke drinkers too. two this is smoking lokes. hot fucking kooks come walking over on all fours and uh they're like hey What's up? Want to go driving around to that neighborhood where the shit always gets crashed into? And it just happens, man. I'm telling you, the story writes itself. Uh, It happens all the time, and especially here in Wisconsin. This is a a theme that we have been talking about, Russ, for two and a half years now. 125 episodes. 125 (laughs) episodes. That means we've talked about 125 different times where somebody has gotten behind the wheel of a vehicle, uh, essentially a motorized two-ton bomb, and decided that it was a good idea to to haul ass uh, well uh, under the influence of a whole lot of fucking four locos or Miller Lights or or Bush lattes or whatever you want to say. I'm not gonna lie, like you know what? I found some older, mature women that are pretty good looking. I would have taken a rub and tizzug, but I also wouldn't have been 14 driving drunk at the yeah, time. Yeah, I would have been like, a, hey, let's pull over and do the rub little, and tizzug over here. Get a little lap on your shoulders. Get a little lap dance. A little, a little slap dance. You know, you, you know, you 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 can you can you can confirm that these situations have have been something that you've been potentially you know a part of or or you know if if situations had gone the right way you could have been a part of the same joyride for sure i'm just saying we made the right decisions and we didn't do that you know we weren't the 16 year old in the passenger seat with you know a a 40 year old in the back seat we didn't do that but we could have been i would there was many times (laughs) that we (laughs) i wanted to i would i wanted to uh but this is the thing we don't have a ton of information. So, so do you got do you have a number in your head, Eric, that you would kind of recommend on this one? I do have yeah. I kind of have a number in my now, head. Keep in mind he's we're, fourteen. We're only going to have experience. Exactly. So we're only going to be talking about the the intoxication of the fourteen year old driver here who T boned the twenty one year old in the other car. Uh, now again, just to summarize things in case you didn't follow here, the fourteen year old is the driver of the vehicle with four people in the car, and those 
you know, other passengers. We're not going to focus in on on their level of intoxication. We're just going to talk about yeah, we got the a driver, 16, the fourteen, we got a sixteen, twenty seven, and a thirty eight. Yeah. So we're talking like a thirty eight year old. That's like a true coog. And that one, she could be a uh, 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 a pro level here. She we, she could be a veteran of of drinking. She so. knows she knows like having the underage dude do it because they're all drunk. Right? Exactly. So like he, you know what, he's going to get in less trouble if something she, does exactly. happen. Exactly. You know? She knows she knows the the potential uh, of of um, you know, risk that she has, but this is for straight him, it's, you know, it's different. So the 14 year old, we've got a, an individual who's not only speeding in like a residential area, a known, uh, bad, uh, sketchy, uh, area. sketchy area, a bad intersection, um, drunk off his ass, if, you know, as far as I can tell, uh, totally T bones a car. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. And, and also a 14 year old that thinks it's okay to, to do all this. Do you want to throw out where you are? Because I yeah, have a number. I think I, think I have uh, some sort of a figure. I was just kind of breaking it down again, uh, what my level of evidence is, uh, and, and just try to give everybody a chance to, uh, in their own cars, you know, wherever they're listening to this, to, to give them a chance, an opportunity to come up with their own figure. Because I know that that's something people like to, uh, to do. We've gotten that level of feedback uh, from individuals that say, I love that loco segment. Because you guys give us enough time to to kind of develop it, yeah. our own uh, our, our own rap sheet and in our own uh, calculations here of what level of loke are these individuals. So um, I think this could be I a have real a true range, loke. So I'm going to kind of go in the middle of my range. But do you believe that this could be a real true loke? This, this is, is a true loke. This is a forty opportunity. These these, these are people drinking forties. Out in front of the yeah. apartment. Hey, let's go to McDonald's. Let's Malt go to McDonald's. Liquor. We need to get some food to absorb this liquor. Yeah, we're going to McDonald's. Getting the kid, fourteen year old's getting a happy Taco meal. Taco Bell. No, you th- no, the kid's getting a happy meal. No, it's Taco Bell. And the rest are getting McChickens. The fourteen year old's like, I need a happy meal. I just need like a little boo bucket. Have you ever? Has a I need a goddamn boo bucket, you, bro. Has a happy meal ever made you happy? Never. No. I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. I probably Gives get me diarrhea. diarrhea. Yeah, and I get sad after the fact. Yeah. After I it's eat a it. diarrhea meal, is what it is. <laughs> Uh, it, just makes meal. Me, it just makes me want to have some loperamide is what it does. Yep. Uh, so here's the thing. Eject I think immediately. This for <laughs> eating a McChicken is basically eating an ejector seat for your bowels. It's not great. <laughs> um, but here's what I'll say. A 14-year-old driving this car is definitely for loco station. Yes. So, uh, Eric, I got a range, but that's where I'm kind of confused. Like, I kind of got this range. I'm going to throw it out there. Can I? Yeah. I was going 18 to 20 loco. Yeah, I was lower than that, but it, it's fine. Like, I've seen this kid, like, he has no experience. He's been drinking hard. Yeah. To go through, like, speeding through a stop sign, he's over the limit. Like, but, he's over the 16. 20 is black out, bro. Yeah, it's true. What, what, what thinking, were you thinking? 12 to 16 was mine. I was really leaning 12. So, if I go on the lower end of 18 and you're going 16, can we go with a 17 loco for the 14-year-old? I could meet there. Would you go with a 17 loco on this one? Yeah. Because I don't think he's making right decisions here. I think he's like not quite blackout, but he's also to the point where he hit somebody. Obviously, he went through, right through the stop sign. Probably didn't even notice it. You know, maybe that thirty-eight-year-old gave him a rubbing tiz zug in the back. And well, uh, how is he? How's that happening? I don't know. Reach around. Re- <laughs> rusty trombone. Huh? A rusty trombone going on. Here. All right. So Eric, seventeen. Do you want to sound the Law and Order gavel? Here? Yeah, we'll Law and Order this bastard. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. 
Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch out for deer on your way home. home.